Safe room. Uh, I am Rose, and I am joined by Grace. Cool. I I tried to do like David Lynch cop talking about Silent Hill. Have you tried this, Coop? (laughs) Um, they're making noises on the radio. Um. Yeah. Uh, Alan Wake. <laughs> this is our Alan Wake episode. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, we're talking about Alan Wake. Uh. Tw- when did this fucking game come out? Oh my god. 2010. Man, that actually feels late. I'm I'm shocked. It's not like 2008. <gasps> uh. Before we talk about Alan Wake, I just want to say, mm-hmm. if you're if you're if you're if you listen to the podcast and and enjoy it, check out our Patreon. Yeah. Uh, we got some we have got some good stuff this month. Um, we talked about Tomie, uh, the Junji Ito horror manga uh, series with one uh, Manovsky article from Twitter Twitter doc Twitter dot com. I can't say that anymore. <laughs> uh and it was a great it was a great podcast yeah. uh definitely check that out it's three dollars and you also get me and Amr talking about video games for an hour mm-hmm. and that was fun i don't know if it was fun to the listener but it was fun for us so. <laughs> i mean you um, know yeah but it's three dollars um, a month so just you know check it out check okay. it out it's good it is good it's good uh Tomi was great. Uh speaking of also great things, uh Alan Wake. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> um I mean, yeah, do we want to talk, I think, general kind of opinion stuff, and then we can get into our, our little summary zone. Um uh yeah. yeah. Uh, do you want do you, who do you want to go first? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I, I think part of it is I'm just a sucker for remedy. I like all their little tricks. I like, I like going into a room and there's a TV in the room and I watch a little TV show. Uh, I like reading weird things. I like, um, the meta layers and the bullshit. Um, like I, I'm, I'm fucking MCUing out here about them being like, <laughs> There's no Max Payne is not in Al Wake 2, and I'm like, I don't know, man. Sam Lake is in the video game and he's a detective. I don't know, bro. Al Wake he's wrote not books do- called not about Alex the- Casey. He is, he is not doing the face, okay? <laughs> That's the I'm just saying, I'm I'm like, because you know, there were like all those interviews for No Way Home where they were like asking 
um, Andrew Garfield, like, are you in it? And he's like, no. This, this is who I've become one of those but people. But Sam right like now. is in it. <laughs> but he's in the game. They I know, but, him. but he's gonna be Max Payne somehow. I swear but to God. But he looks different. He looks different than Alan. He just looks like an FBI dude. Yeah. All right. All right. I'm just saying. What if he's the guy from the TV show? Oh, he's that- like literally Sam Lake. <laughs> he's literally Sam Lake. Uh, well, say I guess I don't know. Because also I'm not I have not played the like Alan Wake uh, DLC that's in um, Control, and so I'm not like up to date on Alan Wake. Yeah, what is going on in the world of Alan Wake? Um, but I think yeah. there I think the FBI detective stuff is in a separate world, right? I assume it's like you know multiverse shit, I guess, or or maybe they're inside the story that Alan's writing or whatever, something like that. Um. Anyway, yeah. I think the game's good. Anyway. I just simply think it's good. Um, what do you think, Rose? Cool. I think the game fucking sucks until <laughs> the DLC, which is mostly pretty good. Yeah. Uh. Um. I, I'll go ahead. Keep going. D- okay. I. Yeah. It just doesn't hit for me. It just doesn't. I think. I really like Control. Yeah. Uh, c- Control is is a game where you explore a really cool space and you read documents and and they give color to the world uh, and and the combat is very cool, very expressive. Um, that's the opposite of this game. <laughs> this game, Al- the thing is, the, they do a pretty good job of being like Alan Wake is just a dude, and you're playing as him, and he's just a guy. He does have uh, a he does have a killer forearm though, because he has to like hold the. She's like one arming a shotgun. You know, uh, there there are some discrepancies, <laughs> such, such as how does this man have perfect aim? But no stamina for jogging. Oh, true. Doesn't make yeah. sense. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I for me the gameplay isn't doesn't hit well enough for me. I mean, it's fine. I think my problems with it is like just things hitting you from off screen at all mm-hmm. times. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't. It can't make up its mind between being an action game and being a survival war game. Um, because anytime there's a set piece, it just gives you unlimited ammo. Uh, mm-hmm. so that uh, yeah, there was a I... lack of cohesion there. Uh, on top of that, I think that the story, um, for the most part, is, from my perspective, <laughs> just listing references to other things, and an attempt to make me invested in the world, which mm-hmm. I'm not. When yeah. the when the when it's revealed that the lantern lady or whatever is like an important figure in this world i don't care i go that is a twin peaks reference (laughs) um and it's not until some of the dlc where we get more characterization of like alan and his relationship with his wife and stuff like that where it feels like they develop that out more but yeah there's just not i there's not enough meat on the bones for me to care about shit that's happening in the video game Mm -hmm. alan wake (laughs) <laughs> I do think you can really tell that this used to be an open world game and is not. Yeah. Um yes. and I think that is one thing about the DLC is that like it um like it's I I also I didn't I did not finish the DLC. Uh I must confess I got partway through it 
and I've just been Where, had a busy couple days. I got to like the end of the first episode. I've played it before, um, but okay. yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I'm sorry. I meant to. I just like have had a busy, weird couple of days. Um, yeah. And uh, but I think one of the things about the DLC is you can tell that it's like okay, we like have the proof of concept, and so now we can like have level design. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know and like have stuff like using the flashlight like there's that sequence in the first dlc where there's all the furnaces the blast furnaces and you can like point your flashlight at them and it'll like they'll shoot light uh shoot fire out of them and so you can use that position that to like yeah. hit enemies but if you're also careless about where you're pointing your flashlight you can hit yourself with it that's very cool yeah. and i yeah. i do think like from the beginning of Alan Wake, like you were doing the same basic things that you were doing at the end of Alan Wake. Like there is not, yeah. um, you know, in terms of construction, there's not like a lot there. Um, I guess the, the yeah. thing that I think I differ on terms of plot is it's true. Like I'm not emotionally invested in a certain sense or like generally speaking. Um, but I do think the like plotty plot stuff is like pretty cool in that um like the beginning where it's like you don't know what's going on alan wake is you know in a car crash and then like slowly things sort of become clearer and i think the way that the game is structured having these like kind of big reveals that are kited through is like actually pretty like smartly structured and paced um but i also kind of get like it's not smartly paced it's uh, not smart okay what do you mean what do you mean by that there's so many there's so many segments in the game where you're just doing combat for half an hour and nothing oh yeah no i'm not talking about i'm not talking about level design (laughs) pacing i'm talking about plot pacing which maybe is an arbitrary distinction but but yeah um yeah no i i don't know i maybe because yeah i'm part of it's like i think i just have a soft spot for this sort of thing and so it's possible that i'm just cutting this slack um, although I do think like the game's annoyances don't bug me all that much. Um, See, but I I feel like I feel this way with Control, where like right that game that game is is level yet yeah, it has a level up system and that's stupid. Mm-hmm. But I still love that game because like everything about it is just right. my shit. Yeah, um, and on paper this is as well. It's just it doesn't. Yeah, uh, I do also think that yeah. like. Um, the Twin Peaks stuff is kind of tiresome. It's and, so, yeah. I mean, and part of this is, I guess, I'm a weird in this way. I think, like, so many Twin Peaks things are like, what if we did not Twin Peaks without Laura Palmer? And it's like, what are you doing? What are you fucking doing? What are we doing here? Yeah. You know? And um, so, yeah, I think the, like, and I think the stuff with the lamp lady is like, yeah, she's obviously the log lady, but it doesn't have any of the things that makes the log lady, like, work. You know, it yeah. does kind of feel like an empty reference. Um, yeah. Yeah. So so I do think that like the part of that, I think part of what makes that what makes Alan Wake end up landing for me is that it's not it's not just Twin Peaks. Right. It's mm-hmm. not like it's Stephen King and it's all this other stuff swirling around in the mix. And I think by the end, you get to somewhere that is like pretty interesting. Um, 
we should summarize this uh, video game, I think. But sorry, <laughs> but start your thought, you, and then okay. we could roll into no, my, like what my the game is was, about. Well, my thought was asking you something plot related. So okay, let's yeah, uh, let's do that, and then you yeah. can ask me this question. Um, so Alan Wake, he is a writer. Um, <laughs> he is a writer. He wrote. He wrote a bunch Opens of books. Opens and closes the game by saying he's a writer. I love it. <laughs> it's so good. Um, he wrote a bunch of thrillers, like paperback thrillers, about a hard-boiled detective uh, named Alex Casey. Read. It is literally just Max Payne. Um, and he um is vacationing in a sleepy town in the pacific northwest with his wife uh alice um as soon as they get there things are a little bit weird he gets a key to the cabin they're supposed to say up from this mysterious lady but it turns out like someone else was supposed to give them the cabin key he shows up to the cabin his wife disappears he wakes up in a car crash a week later with no memory of what occurred over the week um and also fighting off strange darkness inhabiting creatures of the night with not a flashlight and a revolver not but a flashlight and a revolver in hand you know um basically this is the thing is like there's a lot of uh not not exactly hemming and hawing but there's a lot of space given to like not a ton of narratorial content um Mm. but in broad terms Alan is exploring the, the parts of this town and things going on. He um, meets up with um, his agent who flew in and is trying to figure out what's going on. Um, and this sheriff lady, uh, Sarah, question mark. Um, he finds out that during the missing week, he was inhabited kind of by the spirit of Cauldron Lake, this lake next to the town. Which is this, like, dark force that makes fiction or works of art come true. Um, There was a poet who lived on the cabin on Cauldron Lake, Thomas Zane, who also had, like, a wife and was trying to bring... Also had a wife. Uh, The treatment of women in this game (laughs) is bad. Um, And... um, and tried to bring her back, but instead brought back this like shade of the dark presence. And, you know, whenever they, whenever there's sort of this literal presence of the dark that shows up there, it is this woman, right? This dead woman. Um, he um, he wrote this manuscript that is basically just the events of the game. And so he's like trying to get to the end and figure out like if he can rewrite the story and its conclusion, because he he finds out that. He wrote basically an escape, and so the manuscript is not finished. And if he manages to like stay outside of the clutches of the dark presence and get back to the lake, he can write a new ending to the story and um, save Alice from being trapped within the dark presence, uh, which is what happened to her. That's basically it. He does that at the end, and the yep. result is that he is trapped in the dream world while she is free to go. Um, yep. Barry's there. Barry's his agent. He's also there. Barry's not in the in the dream world. Barry is in real life. Yes, Barry's in real life. Not, Barry is not stuck with Alan. No. Uh, he's there mentally. 
I guess. Yes. Yeah. He misses him. They're best friends. <laughs> I don't know how. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, I, I kind of get that like bro relationship where well, like here's also my thing with this game is okay. that this 70 percent of this game is Alan Wake just being a complete shithead to everyone <laughs> around him. And I'm like, how are any of these people in your life? This sucks. I don't know. This dude is bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, uh, there's. I'll, I'll summarize the DLC. How about that? Okay, yeah. How about um, you do that? The DLC, so uh, the remaster of this game has the two DLC episodes, and so does the PC version. Mm -hmm. um, they were released shortly after the game came out. Um, first one is called uh, The Signal. Um, there's the, the previous author that had a wife um, is helping <laughs> Alan Wake. Uh, sort of escape his like his mind palace that he's stuck in mm -hmm. um and so he's kind of navigating alan through um these set pieces uh and then you eventually uh end up in uh i forget where you we end up in the end of the signal do you remember uh um, oh he's in the cabin oh yeah um, mm -hmm. yeah um, and so, yeah, you and the way it's structured, it's very uh, Silent Hill or like Twin Peaksy in terms of you're going through a door and you're entering up, ending up in a different location that is illogical. Um, yeah. To, to the place you entered in. Definitely my shit. That's why I like it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and uh, so, yeah, you're just in this dream world. You're lighting. Uh, you're lighting sort of these like. Uh, floating text uh, things um, and then they spawn like objects or they spawn like characters like you shine a light on uh, an, a word and it'll spawn Barry and then Barry's just hanging out with Alan and projecting all of Alan's like insecurities onto him and stuff like that um, and so yeah and so he gets guided to the cabin and then uh, episode 2 of the DLC is called The Writer um, and it's basically Alan um, going back to the lighthouse um, so he can kind of there's basically there's like two versions of like mental Alan wake happening. Mm -hmm. There's there's this the one you're playing as who is like the manifestation of somebody who wants to get out of the get, get out of the situation. And then the one uh, laying in the in the cabin Um who is sort of just like in a comatose state basically. Uh, so you have to get to the comatose Alan Wake so you can be as one and then uh, continue writing the story of uh, finding your way out of it. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And so that's basically it along the way, uh, especially in the second episode, um, you get a lot of character exposition. There's a, there's a pretty, there's a really good scene, probably my favorite one in the game um, where Alan overhears, um uh Alice uh talking about Alan and you know, how selfish it was for him to just like freak the fuck out at the cabin about her bringing a fucking oh, typewriter yeah. mm -hmm. in um and just just uh and just talking about him just like being content with like being this like loser uh you know 
loser white guy writer person and just not not being able to accept help when people are clearly trying to help him um that scene is really good yeah uh i wish it was in the actual game um and yeah it's a lot of the stuff i was hoping for with this game uh is in the dlc yeah stuff. so uh yeah that's yeah. kind of the dlc the end it ends with alan wake being back at the typewriter and he's 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 typing his return. It's literally the new story. He's writing a new story, and it's called Return. Yes, yeah. which is ridiculous <laughs> given the fucking Twin Peaks season three is called. Return. <laughs> I think it's very like I've been thinking about this lately, just because I mean, just because I'm playing on Wake, but like American Nightmare, the like sort of sequel to this, like yeah. fully anticipates multiple things about the return, like. <laughs> You know, the the do, you know, the like Mr. Scratch, right, who shows up at the end of this game, um, like going on a murder rampage and stuff. The like the reloc the part of the setting being in Las Vegas and that being like a key location for the like alternate dark presence. <laughs> there's like a time there's time loop stuff. It's like I was like playing. I was like, what the fuck? And I guess it's just maybe like you're concerned with similar things. You end up in a similar place. Um, sure you know um but yeah it's like pretty it's pretty wild that it just like fully and it, you know it's not to be clear it's not as good like i i'm not saying american <laughs> no. nightmare is twin peaks the return level material but no. it is fun that it's like oh yeah there's a lot of this stuff I, is kind of playing in the same stuff material i got to the first time loop and i'm like oh this game is not good enough for me to do this again yeah <laughs> uh, so yeah I, stopped. I think we will i guess we we haven't yeah, we can work this out because I I think I I do want to play Control again before Alan Wake Two comes out. Um, so. I have already started Control. Hell again. yeah! Okay, well maybe we'll do <laughs> like a segment on a future episode about it or something. We'll something, you know, yeah. um, yeah. Um, I really like that scene. I guess just to like jump into, I like that seed in the first, or maybe I, this might be missable. Um, but you can find a recording of Dr. Hartman, who's like a psychiatrist who kidnaps you in one of the episodes of the game. Um, you know, not important to like the main plot, but happens. Um, and where he was doing sessions with Alice. Um, and you get some of that stuff that you sort of talking about where she's like frustrated with him. Um, mm -hmm. I'm trying to remember if he's like how he reacts to it because it is part of it there's like a message of like there's a whole thing where he believes at first that alice has been kidnapped right mm. and there's yeah. like this mobster man who's actually hired by the psychiatrist and is trying to capture alan wake so that he can use his like powers of writing to change the world to do something nebulous and evil um mm -hmm. and um, I'm sure because he kind of sort of denies that things were like that. And there's a lot of stuff in the game where there is some ambiguity about like, what exactly has Ellen Wake done in terms of his relationship to his wife? Like, it's clearly mm -hmm. like it's more frayed than his picture of it, especially at the beginning of the game. Like, yeah. let's on. Right. Um, and I think that stuff is like compelling, especially in conceptual. It's just the problem with it is that Alice is just like not a person right nope. she doesn't really get characterized um i mean she is scared of the dark you know 
or whatever. Yeah. Um, but um, how do you feel about the manuscript pages? Because I don't like them. <laughs> so I think I'm I'm kind of okay with them because it is like I mean literally one of the things is that it's this is the plot of the game. And so you will like find yeah. a manuscript page, like just after something happened or just before something will happen. And, um, I kind of think it's fun as a tool of, I'm um, foreshadowing makes it sound a little more artful than it is. Um, <laughs> right. But like the, yeah. like the bluntness of like, Oh, this is going to happen at some point. Right. Is like kind of fun. And like, where is that going to go? I also like the, I think the best manuscript pages stuff is when it's like, here's a, we're getting a perspective from a character who is not on screen, right? Who is not yeah. Alan because the game is so focused on him. And so getting stuff like the way the manuscript by nature, because it's affecting so many people has to like bring other people into it and like shape, you know, their stuff. Um, I think also one of the cool things is like how much of the manuscript is structured or created by the dark presence. Cause that's a thing, right? It's trying to get out. It's using the manuscript to do that um and how much of it is like alan wake and parts mm -hmm. of the manuscript that are like parts of things that happen in the game that are like cruel or strange or like you know a lot of people die right and in some sense it is because like alan wrote that down right and the interplay between those two things like between these like multiple authors of this like central text i i guess i think like all the stuff about authorship in this game and about like who is creator who is created i think all that stuff like really works for me um and it's just like interesting to think about um mm -hmm. you know um and so yeah i think the manuscript pages like play into that in like a important way but i do think that like beat for beat i don't like you do not need to pick up the manuscript pages and it doesn't super matter you know um in the way that yeah. like oh go ahead sorry i i was just gonna say i tried to keep up with them but after a certain point i just got tired of yeah mm -hmm. the, the dice roll of like is this gonna be you know a repeating a thing that's about to happen or is it gonna be a different perspective more often than not it felt like yeah it wasn't gonna be anything interesting yeah i think also more often this the manuscript pages that are harder to find are off the beaten path of the interesting ones which, like, I understand right. why you do that, but is maybe an unfortunate choice here. Because um, right. I, like, straight up had my phone open to a polygon guide and was, like, picking up everything mm -hmm. as I went. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I just think the interesting thing about this game is, like, that thread of control and there being sort of, like, this key central thing that's, like, artistic, but it's also, like, metaphysical. Um, that these words, like, make reality. Right? And having to like you know i mean there's just a lot of rich stuff that you could pull obviously you can be philosophical with it can also be very practical that it's like oh the dark presence is the game publisher <laughs> or whatever <laughs> and like we're trying to do this thing we're trying to like escape out of this like narrow thing that they put us into but we have to like there has to be combat in the video game there has to be all these things right and we have to like structure the story around those kinds of interferences right and there's mm -hmm. like the game dev and the um in the I guess I don't know what you would call it, like retreat, the the lodge. Oh, yeah. 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 
um, who is like talking about being interfered with in that way. And it's like, I hate it when the writers come in and they just want to make the characters talk and talk and talk. And like, you know, and uh, like game publishers saying, okay, we have to make this game about mullets because that's what our demographic is after right now. And like, you know, <laughs> there is like, it's, yeah. it's goofy, but like there is some sense of like potent frustration with like, making video games and like having to the way you sort of think through that kind of stuff yeah yeah i mean yeah i guess we we talked a little bit about the combat um i think one of the things i really like about it is that um i feel like a lot of shooters and particularly shooters of this era which is very like um like gears of war is like the model right um is like you are basically the same kind of thing that most of the enemies you're fighting are, right? There's, like, bosses who are different than you, right? And sometimes, like, certain kinds of special enemies. But generally speaking, like, you are fighting a guy with a gun who has, like, a very similar, like, health meter or, like, whatever, right? Especially Gears of War where the enemies are, like, a little bit spongier. Um, And I think it's Mm. cool that in this, it's, like, the things you're doing and the things the enemy are enemies are doing are like completely different and so there is like a sense of novelty in like terms of like you are engaging with the game world in a way that like no one else in the game world is outside of a couple sequences where you have like sarah the sheriff with you who also has like a flashlight and a shotgun and can like help you attack enemies and stuff um Mm -hmm. i think that's like really neat bit of design the way that there's sort of an asymmetry to how it's approached and i think that's kind of that's where some of the strength of the survival horror influence comes out is in that kind of emphasis right um Mm. although you're right i would say that this is a little bit more of an action game than it is that um i was wondering if on higher difficulties you do have to like care about and because particularly since i was picking up every chest i was just rolling in ammo basically all the time i never had to worry about resource conservation yeah yeah Um, same here so it's possible that on a higher difficulty you would have to worry about it um but i also would hate it though if it's like the higher difficulty is just like oh it takes longer with your flashlight to get him and it's like that would be terrible yeah you know uh i like the farm farm's really cool the farm is sick yeah i do wish (laughs) that level it's too long i hate that it doesn't just end after you do the little concert bit because that rips and that it's like okay we have like 30 more minutes of level and it's like we didn't need that it's all good you know um i like i like the old gods they're cool yeah so yeah if there's these two uh older men who are like rock and roll stars who also it's a little ambiguous and doesn't really talk about it as much as um zane the the poet um with that but they're um they're called themselves the old gods of asgard they were like a heavy metal band in the 70s and 80s and um and like they wrote a song that is like a prophecy about alan wake and so he has to get to this farm and figure out like what's going on so he can know what to do next right um and that's what leads him to the lamp lady which you know helps him figure out how to like get back into the dark presence so we can finish the story um Mm. and yeah they, they call themselves thor and odin and they're just like crotchety old men rock stars um and it's good you know um put on coconut yeah put again. on coconut <laughs> <laughs> did you get the achievement for putting it on again when you're in the diner 
the second uh, time. I think. I mean, I did. I did do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just yeah. I think that's a cute little touch. Mm. Um, yeah, and so then you go to their farm and they have like I don't know. Like, I don't think it's common for, like, rock stars at their mansions to have their full tour set up in their backyard. Um, but no. these guys do. These and so you, like, you fight a bunch of enemies on, like, a stage that has, like, a big dragon that breathes fire on top of it and, you know, all these lights and stuff. Um, and it's, yeah, it's very good. Um, and it plays, uh, it plays a song. One of their songs, which is, uh, I mean, notably Poets of the Fall, which is like a favorite group of Remedies. Um, it has like a couple songs in the game and they also wrote and perform all the old gods of Asgard stuff in this and in uh, American Nightmare as well. Oh, and in Control, because there's a song of theirs is in Control. Oh. Crucially. <laughs> Importantly, it's like a big moment. People talk about it. Um, and it's those guys. Oh, it is. Oh, I didn't realize it was. Those yeah, guys. okay. It's yeah. Sure. It's mm-hmm. because in in American Nightmare, I, you may have gotten to this, but like Barry talks about, and Alan Wick is like, "Oh, I'm gonna like be these guys' agent, and I'm gonna like help them, like release new music and stuff." And he does that, and that's what he's been doing like since Alan's been gone. Um. So. Mm-hmm. Um. So presumably, like this song about you know jesse faden and everything else is like about is that anyway sorry this is what i mean is like it's it's terrible (laughs) but it's like i'm fully bought in on this bullshit you know um yeah i'm trying to think i think generally that i think the the like um lodge sequence is one of the better parts of the game i also like the I kind of like the level structure where it's like you have daytime segments where it's like narrative focused and then you go into nighttime and it's fighting guys doing things. And I think like that lodge level has a good balance of like things going to hell like it has. a And because like the lodge setting is a little more constrained, it has like, I think, a little bit closer to deliberate level design and then obviously like peaks at this concert moment. Um mm-hmm. And then unfortunately, yeah, it kind of tapers off. I I think there is like a sense of like we built all these locations for an open world and we have to use them, (laughs) you know, or we have to like get players through them. And I I, I think the game is like could definitely benefit from a little bit finer cutting hand, you know. Um, But also, you know, it's hard to make a video game, especially because this was, I think, a six year development or something. It was a long time. Um. Uh, speaking of the the cinematic universe of Remedy, mm-hmm. uh, the other character that I really like, and mostly because it's a it's a good bit, is Detective Nightingale. <laughs> oh <laughs> yes, is just like this piece of shit FBI agent who's always wasted and always just shoots people. <laughs> It's and so, so he'll be like in a chase with Alan Wake and he'll just like start firing and whoever cop is with him at the time will just be like, why did you just do that? Why? <laughs> it's, yeah. it's so funny. I, like I think the like the running gag of him saying a different writer whenever he's like yelling <laughs> Alan Wake yeah. is so funny. It's so funny. It's so funny. <laughs> it's yeah. so good. 
Like, you want to come out there and say that to my face, James Joyce? <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's so good. Every time it is good. Um, yeah. Yeah. I guess we didn't mention, like, the other big influence here is, like, obviously Stephen King. Um, like, a writer who has, like, dual selves. But, you know, it's not hard to find. There's a lot of Stephen King books that are potential parallels here. Um and that's definitely in the mix. Mm-hmm. And it's in, that's in the mix in Twin Peaks too, right? Like, so it's all kind of connected. But, um, and the game explicitly, like, quote, quote, he, Alan Wake quotes Stephen King like three times <laughs> or yeah. something. Um, oh, I thought it was very funny because there's a Stephen King quote that, like, opens the game where he's like, if you explain the horror, like, the terror goes away. And I'm like, Stephen, maybe you should have learned your own damn lesson, bro. <laughs> uh, so many of the books you just love to explain what's going on and it it kills it um you know oh can i give you a can i give you a quote from this wikipedia article okay please do uh where is it here it is uh where is it okay uh so the quote king himself was used or sorry king himself was asked for permission to use the quote uh he received copies of the game as a thank you but was an but was unable to play them because he does not own an Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> Very funny to me. Oh, that's so funny. Oh yeah, I also forgot because I played the remastered version this time. I forgot about the product placement, which owns IMO. Like sincerely, you pick up Energizer batteries. It's so uh, funny and. There's like Verizon posters. Yeah. Well, the um, thing is, like, you know what? That's living in America. That's you know crazy. what I'm saying? Like, I and that's also <laughs> it's very Stephen King that it's like there's a brand name, right? Like, there's something yeah. about that that kind of adds to it a little bit. Um, you know, and it's not. I I didn't necessarily. I didn't really think about it until right now. So it's not like I was like playing the game and being like, oh damn, like I can't believe this integral part of it was missing. But it is like a funny touch. And also really yeah. dates it because that is the thing that yeah. has sort of gone away. Um, yeah. We get we get product placement in a very different sense now. It's like embodied. It's like, oh, now you can play as Obi-Wan in the game now because Obi-Wan, the show is coming out and things like that. Yeah. yeah. Can't. Uh, can't go. Uh, sorry. The, I was gonna say something about the coffee thermoses. Oh yeah, across yeah. the world. I it's I don't know. I get. I think that's also a very like 2010. It's a very like Assassin's Creed flags kind of design. Um, yeah, for sure. Because you you know you don't get anything for picking them all up. You know no. nothing happens. Um. uh i do you want to talk about the musical interludes yeah um so through i mean there's kind of two there's like a few things going on with the music like one of them is that there's radio shows that you can find and usually after the radio show there will be a song that plays so you can just kind of hang out by the radio and listen to it if you want and then at the end of every episode because the game has like an episodic structure right um like a song plays um 
like during the last cutscene or at the end of the last cutscene, and then you can just sort of it's it's kind of like Roadhouse formatted, right? In the sense mm-hmm. that you get a track at the end of every episode. Um I think also like I messaged the Discord um and said like I love the music interludes in this. Um and I think part of that is the one that concludes episode two was pose yeah. haunted like that bangs and i don't think any of the other ones are as good yeah because no. it like often it like cuts to black and then you start getting the song um the way it like bleeds into the rest of the stuff is like really cool Yeah. um did you have a thought there i just remembered a really funny gag that i want to shout out but uh no i wish they put stuff on the screen for those but, yeah you know. I mean, I think it's also just uh, nice, like, I mean, this is like a low bar video games thing, but it is nice to yeah. play something that's like really interested in music, that's really interested yeah. in TV and literature, right? And it's like constantly, and you know, not just like, I mean, you know, your mileage may vary, but is is trying to at least engage with that stuff and trying to like help it structure the thematics and parts of its world, right? I think that like... And the music, like, you can kind of listen to just the selected tracks for it. And it does create a particular mood that is Alan Wakey, you know. Um, yeah. And it's nice. And it's nice to have that in a game that is not like Tony Hawk, you know, <laughs> that yeah. is like narrative focused. It's cool. Um, and there's like multiple, like, uh, uh, Among the Oak and Ash is like a folk group that like I've listened to their album like a bunch of times now and I first heard them like through this game. So, you know, mm-hmm. shout outs. Um, the gag I was going to shout out is the fact that Barry carries the cardboards to stand out everywhere. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so like That's when good. they escape from the lodge, he just like, it's, there's like this wide shot of like the, the, you know, cabin of the truck they're driving and Alan's driving and Barry's sitting on the far side. And then there's this cardboard standout of Alan Wake between them. That's so good. Um, yeah, that's so funny. Um, yeah, I like all the I like all the the fun, the, the fun gags in this in this one. It's good. What do you think about uh, like Night Springs? Or in the TV stuff generally, um, I guess. I wish they... I wish they gave you the option to just watch them rather yeah. than stare at a CRT in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also wish they were placed in better spots because there's one... I'm thinking of one specific one where it's like Sarah and Barry are in a helicopter and it's like, you know... Alan, we got to get to the next place. Like, we can't stay up here. Oh, if you yeah. go into a lodge, there's just a TV with nice springs on it. And I'm like, I can't watch this right now. I'm <laughs> do the thing. But you can. It's a video game. You don't have to yeah. do anything. No, but yeah, I feel you. Um, I think after the third or fourth one, I was like, all right, I kind of get it now. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's like it's very clearly set dressing. I do think that this is a very video game reviewer thing to say, and I'm sorry, but I do think that control just kind of pays off this concept stronger, right? Um, yeah. The way that that stuff feels like really embodied in the world, and actually, also I think even Max Payne Two does a better job with this. Um, I think partially because Max Payne Two is like 
it doesn't have literal live action segments. It's like kind of like PowerPoint slides, basically. And so it has to be really just evocative and play on voice. Right. Rather than I mean, you can also kind of like have the episode like rolling in the back as you're like fighting guys and still get it right mm-hmm. um which gives it like a nice texture i mean that's i don't i mean max paid one and two are great i think are better video games than this just generally speaking but like also are just cool um mm-hmm. so um and i think like the the way like there's the puppet stuff in control the way that it just feels a little bit more expressive and there's like a wider yeah. variety of things there i think it like i think this is just a really good idea and it sings on that um and it just pays off yeah. in a bigger way in like the later game they made um yeah i will and it also control has so much more guys you know yeah to in- yeah invest in like mm-hmm. they can set up like dr darling as like a character that you just see throughout the world yeah um, yeah so it has that advantage to it i think that it's is about, like it's more about like reading the notes of these like dudes running this facility yeah um yeah and the way that it's like it's just a little more contained as well um in some sense yeah sorry what were you going to say uh yeah more or less like yeah the way game the game is structured just lends Mm -hmm. itself more to that sort of stuff yeah i think that is like kind of a because there's some of like because there's the radio show which i think again is a really cool idea Especially said to like get you invested yeah. in the town's politics and stuff like that. And I feel like it's kind of underutilized, right? Yeah, in terms of like they don't Yeah, they kind of just repeat the same gimmick with that. Yeah. Over and mm-hmm. over again. Because it's it's a way of like showing that like and it does this, to be fair. Like of showing that like, oh, the like darkness is affecting and like structuring other people in the world. And you like see that affect things, you know, and that maybe adds to like a little bit what I was talking about earlier with like the way that the story is this like powerful agent in the in Alan Wake that is literally killing people. And how much of that is Alan? How much of that is a dark presence? Right. Things like that. Um, It grounds it a little bit. Um, But there isn't a lot of like, oh, I'm invested in this like storyline that's going on between members of the town. I'm invested in Deerfest. And like, what's going to happen with Deerfest? I'm you not know. invested in Deerfest. I was right. so sick and tired of hearing about Deerfest. <laughs> well, it's so funny that it's in like the last cutscene too. And you're like, man, like, I don't give a shit about Deerfest. Um, uh, I do think it's funny that the like one of the evil factions in two is just like dudes in deer costumes like costumes and stuff i didn't even think about that that's funny it's very funny Um, i gotta look at sorry i gotta look at the name of the cult because it's good despite not liking this game i'm very excited for alan like oh yeah sure uh i think it looks really cool I think control kind of I think they've they've grown a lot as storytellers. Yeah. Um and it just makes me excited. And no, I just think... you could the end of this game is such that you can take it literally anywhere. Yeah. Uh mm-hmm. and so that possibility space is really fun. I agree. I think that that's something that's very like um I also like again, I wish this got narratively paid off more. I like the arc of Alan being really self-absorbed, centering himself in everything, literally writing himself as the protagonist of this manuscript, right? So that he can, like, escape it and, like, all this other stuff, right? 
um he's like so self-centered and then the end of the game is him like writing himself out of the world right um like that is a that is a cool narrative swing uh that the game does not really successfully pull off right as such you know mm-hmm. um Uh, I feel like there was something Sorry, else. Sorry, it's called The Cult of the Tree. Hell yeah! Which What's, is so sick. That's good. Oh. Yeah, I was going to say that, like, I just think I... Oh, this was what it was. Because I think one of the things that is really, like, monumentally impressive about Control is just that it is it looks so good. And not in, like, a video game graphics way, but in a, like, it is well shot. Right. And there yeah. are like constantly really interesting images that the game like pays off in cool ways. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. I like, forgot the layering. I forgot the when I, I'm I'm I started playing it because I wanted now that I have Alan Wake sort of fresh in the mind. Yeah. I want to replay the DLC. And unfortunately they don't let you like just play it. You have to mm. fucking because the game is 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 you know there's, prog- there's a progression system and you need your abilities to level up. Right. Anyway, yeah. uh, I have to play the whole game to to get play the DLC. But I forgot about the layering of the FMV sequences and that how they layer it with like lighting in the game. Oh yeah, and, that's and so, so you're good. getting the different like the different Whoa. faces and the perspective on them. It's fucking cool. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah, that's like I and I think that's just like um and I think I think there is some there's some images here um, that are really good. I love the ta- that Thomas Zane is just the diver because he used to dive in the lake. Yeah. And hit the way cool. the like yeah. light shines out of his like weird diver's helmet and he's like floating around everywhere. That is like so cool. Um, fucking and, licensed space oddity for that shit. I know it is good. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's fantastic. But like um, but I think generally like the fucking like bound to music video ass uh <laughs> like shots of the pacific northwest right are like very it's also just so of its time right like so much of this yeah. game just looks like a 360 title and i yeah. think like i do think that's like super charming but i'm not gonna sit here and be like oh that's great cinematography you know or whatever and i do feel like control is just at a level where like they have a stronger command of like the image of a frame yep. and a camera and a shot than like 99% of developers working today. Right. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'll see, I uh, like, again, I'll have to see like how that hits when I replay it. I am curious about it. Um, cause I think like that really blew me away playing it back in the day. And I, I wonder if like now that that's like, I know that that's in my head, right. If it'll not hit as hard or if it'll, I'll be able to right. get somewhere deeper with it now. But I just think on a base yeah. level, that stuff is just really impressive. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, we've talked all the t- on the show all the time about, like, how did, like, the Fatal Frame and Silent Hill people, like, crack this code that lets them, like, do good cutscene work, right? In a way that, like, so, so many video games just struggle with, <sighs> right? That it's, like, very hard for them to do. And I think that, they like... They could have just gave... Wait, they could have just gave that shit to Remedy. Yeah, yeah. They could have just gave Silent Hill to Remedy. God damn it. You know? Like, yeah. And, those, like, there are... I, obviously, like, there are lots of people who are, like, continuing that work. Like, I don't mean to be too, like, oh, the good old days about yeah. it. But, like, Remedy is, like, one of those people, for sure, that, like, it feels like 
there are people doing compelling cinema type stuff in games, right? Um, and let me, it's not fucking Naughty Dog. That's for damn no. sure. Um, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, I also want to mention mm-hmm. the the running, the like animations for Alan Wake's movement suck. <laughs> <laughs> it is so like this is just a guy that running animation where he like contorts his entire body in order to start running yeah every time he did it i'm just like what is this (laughs) it's so i do like i i also love his outfit with like the hoodie and the tweed jacket (laughs) the padding the padding on the elbows elbows. (laughs) it's so oh it's so good um yeah yeah i do think because we we sort of talked about like oh this is more a horror than actually game i do think that like there's not a lot in this game that's like genuinely creepy um there's one moment actually i think that is scary but i'll I'll talk about in just a second but like i do think um the part of tone that nails is that it is just funny i think there are parts of it that are just very funny and like that part where like the fbi guy is like yelling at sarah the detective and is like the dep- the sheriff and is like we gotta get alan wake like he's dangerous he's taken out like dozens of your guys and so it's like have you seen him he wears a tweed jacket <laughs> like this can't be true <laughs> like you can't you're this can't be real right i think that's and he's just like can't you fucking see it it's fucking <laughs> he's yeah. out there just terrorizing people this is all premeditated <laughs> so funny yeah like i wish there was like i think that i think if there's something about twin peaks that this captures like that sort of goofy energy uh it has a little bit of that but it i wish it was like woven into like a little bit more small town politics stuff that felt like emotionally grounded right yeah and um you know and it also like if there's you know like, I don't know, this is maybe weird to say, and I don't necessarily mean, but like Alan's wife could be Laura Palmer. Like she is the missing girl, right? Who is like yeah. absence is like structuring all this like weird shit in the world. Right. And so mm. if she was like more of a person and her absence felt more pointed, although, I mean, obviously it's tough because like Twin Peaks on some level is a meditation about how like trying to save people in a certain sense is like bad and wrong. And Alan Wake is a game about getting he's about a damsel in distress that you save, right? I don't know if it's necessarily equipped <laughs> to make like a structural level critique about itself in this way. Um, but you know, there just should be more there. Um and I think that's also something that's exciting about too, is that that is just like off the table now, right? Like she is back in the world, well, yeah. he's trying to get back. There might be still weird gender shit, but it's like not going to be this exact thing, right? Yeah. I mean the thing they that they should have done uh you know if they had more time to flesh it out would be just doubling down on like the image of alan wake versus what the relationship was like yeah um and they touch upon it but i don't really go super in depth uh until later um i assume two will kind of be about this who knows but yeah yeah i'm curious just about how much like because um in American Nightmare, it feels like um, him trying to get back to his family is like a, that's like the key emotional thrust of things. Right. 
Um, and so I'm curious about how much of that is in the like AWE DLC stuff. Um, Alan Wake event. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, oh, okay. So I wanted to talk about, I think uh, the one thing that is scary to me in this game is meeting Mr. Scratch at the end where like the mirror twists and then there's two of him. Right. And then Thomas, mm-hmm. there's a shot of them like on opposite sides and Thomas Zane is just like floating in between them. And he's like, oh, that's Mr. Scratch. Your friends will meet him when you're gone. And it's yeah, like, that. okay, yeah, that's good. That's yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what is that? Like that, yeah, I just think that. I, I uh, yeah, I, it was interesting because I was I was thinking about how he isn't really they don't really explore Mr. Scratch that much. Yeah. Like they, obviously they do in in the in the other game but yeah uh it's it's underwritten like to perfection yes because exactly. like that that sentence alone is just like fuck <laughs> yeah. uh, and that's like all you need you, like, yeah. you don't need if like if you're not if that is not the key focus of your story but you're setting up this character perfect so yeah good. it's very good yeah um I also really like uh, it's on a lake, it's an ocean, even though it's like, I don't know what that means, but it's a sick thing to say. <laughs> a hit period on the typewriter, you know? Yeah. Um, I like, I like, I like do the face, Sam. <laughs> it's so good. It's so funny. It's so I, yeah, I really like that they have, you know, they have like the actual actor for that stuff. I, I, I think fun because we were talking about this with the control, the overlay of people. Yeah. Uh, but I think fundamentally one of the cool things about the way they like the way Remedy Games like lean on um, the Uncanny Valley as like a divisive unease Right. That it's like you go you're a video game character and you go into a room and you watch a TV that has a real person on it. And that just being like a weird thing to experience is like such a key to like the weird like fuzziness of their games. I think that's such a like um, the integration of like multiple mediums into it is just such a cool thing that like I wish more game developers did. Um, And so it's very cool that that's just become like a signature element of their work. Um. Yeah. Uh, Sam Lake's character in two is named Alex Casey. See, but that's it's <laughs> that's, okay. So this is what I mean: is that Alex Casey, the the Alan Wake character, is just Max Payne. <laughs> I mean, you know. Uh. Anyway, it's fine. I'm just. Oh wait. Oh, okay. Wait, what, what? the fuck? <laughs> oh, I didn't realize that it was the guy. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. I think I'm with you on this. Hold the fuck on. <laughs> Hold up. <laughs> what um, the fuck? Yeah. Grace is never okay. I'm so excited for two. <laughs> yeah, it's I'm what me the too. fuck. All right. Oh. <laughs> um, Do you have anything else? I, I don't know. I, mean, I feel like we didn't talk that much about the gameplay stuff. Um, I do also like driving in a car and then just like running people over, like no, flashing the headlights at them and then like going. That. 
That um, is, we made an open world game and we have to put the car in it. And we have to put the car in it. Yeah, no, it is that. Um, I I think it's like, I think it works okay as like, uh, well, I don't know. Eh, it's fine. I, I, I just think it's fun because like so much of the combat is like arduous because you have to like point the light at them for a long time. And so then like having a big car and you can just like zap them with the beam and then just is like really fun and cathartic mm-hmm. as like stuff as a like hard contrast to the way the game works most of the time. Um, I like the well, I got that from the flashbang, you know? Yeah, yeah. Fair. Fair. That's uh, just all that deletes enemies. Oh, the other thing I can't stand about this game. OK. Any time the game decides that the physics engine is your enemy, insufferable. Oh, yeah. I hate any time they just throw objects at you and you have to either evade them or, or you know, no, shine I... light on them until it hits you. I hate it. No, it's Stop bad. It. I like I understand that. <laughs> that like the game is already like kind of samey. And so it's like, oh, you want something that's different that structures things. I do also the thing I do like about that, although I think this is better utilized with the birds um is the way that like your regular weapons are just useless against the objects and so you have to use like the light focus stuff like you can use flashbangs and the flare gun and flares against them like i like that there's like a certain tool set that you use against certain kind of enemies and another tool set they use against others um but again like that would be more interesting if there was more of a tension about like i have to preserve items for future things mm-hmm. and there that really isn't an element of the game at all and also it like resets your toolkit all the time every right? chapter yeah. yeah yeah so it's like you don't get this like continual sense of like okay i'm finding things and i'm keeping things for like later and stuff like that i think th- that again is also kind of a product of the game's like weird development um yeah. like i bet hoarding and finding objects and like choosing when to use them or like hoarding stuff so you can go like do a big outpost or whatever it was probably like a dynamic in the original setup for the game that is just not here anymore right so mm-hmm. you know what are you gonna do yeah um uh yeah i think that's it from me i mean yeah i i because i don't i think we talked joked that like this podcast would be just you being like, I hate this and me being like, yeah, you know, it's bad, but, um, and it is kind of that. I also just think like, I, I mean, again, I think the basic narrative move here about like the ambiguity of what an author is and that being like grounded in this kind of personal thing, like it's not always, it's not always well executed, but I think it's really interesting and the game ends up doing like a lot of rich stuff with it. Like, I think this is genuinely like such a provocative ending. Um, mm-hmm. And you, you talked about that a little bit, like the how it's wide open, right? Like, I think the way that it lends itself to speculation, lends itself to you thinking through what is happening on both like a simple like plot level, but also like a broader. I think it's just really cool and is like rare for a video game, especially at the scale. Um. Yeah. 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 It just. I. Yeah. I didn't particularly care for it that much. Um. I do like parts of it. Um. I do like some of the characters and some of the, um. You know, fun, humor. Um. But yeah, I I came out of it just more excited for Alan Wake two. Yeah. Um. Just because of where they left things. Yeah. Um. 
it reminds me of i mean it's when it's when they brought twin peaks back and they were like yo there's two coopers in the world and you're like what the fuck yeah. where's the show gonna go <laughs> uh feels yeah. like that and uh mm-hmm. you know not a lot of things uh provoke that in, uh excitement for me so yeah for sure uh, no. yeah. and yeah for i i feel like we've talked about this but so next month we'll be doing fatal fame 3 um and then in october we'll do alan wake 2 i guess like they delayed well, it well they delayed it so we yeah. might want to do that in november okay We'll figure it out, but we're definitely... I'm not gonna... I don't want to cram, because it comes out yeah. on, like, the 26th. Yeah. So. Well, we just release episodes so often at the beginning of next month anyway, so part of me is like, ah, oh, but, like, I... Yeah, I would much rather not cram it, so... I would... Um, ra- yeah, I would rather just have the full month all right. to play it. Well, we'll do that then, so we'll and we'll figure, figure out... out. October. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, Fatal Frame 3 for sure next month. Um, yeah. Which is... I'm, I'm psyched. An adult protagonist. How about that? <laughs> yeah we have some emails yeah uh so let's let's hit on those uh this one's from jennifer uh hey safe room i liked alan wake quite a bit uh i don't think i would have it would have left the same impression without uh its unique soundtrack aside from a number of moody license hits that mark the end of each episode the thing that impressed me the most back uh, then was the old gods of Asgard having a band write and perform music that that conveyed the story blew my mind. It was something I'd never seen a video game uh, do before, and uh, even it went even uh, as years went uh, by without playing. Well, the poet, the poet, and the muse never left my mind. Has a soundtrack ever taken a game from great to unforgettable for you? If so, is there a particular track that sticks out in your mind even years after the fact? Ooh, this is a good question. I wish I read this before <laughs> we started yeah, recording. I the hmm. thing that the first thing that. I listen to a lot of like the Red Dead Redemption songs because there's like three or four tracks um, like after playing it. And that kind of like elevated the game in my mind afterwards. But like revisiting it years later, like completely deflated it for me. I think that game is terrible. Um, I I don't know. remember if it was. I don't remember who posted it, but the. Oh, it's uh, the, it's I mean, it's a Dia tweet, <laughs> but Jackson made it. Okay of the uh, yeah um, overlaying it with felice that's <laughs> so funny well that is also like that's what because i i that moment is so easy to build up in your mind with the i uh is it jose gonzalez is that the guy i'm yeah. forgetting yeah but like that song um but it's like the fact that it's like it's after this mission that has this like dr- joke a drunk irish character who's yep. just like completely like so you know it's like it, like when people are weird about irish people it's like wow like i guess you can be racist against white people it's such a weird energy like i it's so anyway and that that there's like yeah. this big emotional swing like after this like joke level of like like it does like the part of the reason that felice navidad bit is really funny is it does kind of hit like that when you take it all in context right people talk yes. about like crossing to mexico in red Dead redemption they don't talk about that level where you do like a <laughs> carnival shooting gallery along the river 
you know, and while like this Irish guy swears at you or whatever, like it's just well, and it's also like the way they depict Mexicans is also terrible. So it's it's so bad. Yeah, we're just shifting from being shitty to one group of people (laughs) to another uh, while listening to this song. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's so oh yeah so it's it's a very <laughs> funny video um uh, i'm trying to think yeah i mean final fantasy 10 i mean yeah i think um i, think, I do think I like think... final fantasy generally is just a good like because it's hard for me to be like oh final fantasy 10 would not be great if the music wasn't great but it is it makes a big difference to yeah. it you know i think i think every final fantasy game that is good, um, which is, you know, most of them <laughs> benefits from uh, from having like a strong musical core that builds in really powerful ways. Um, yeah, I mean, but even even I mean, 10, 10 has the, also has the thing where like there's the chant that the characters do. Um, yeah, all the like mm-hmm. and it's like in the world in like a very real way. Um, oh you know what my answer is... for this for me is is pentiment actually um oh, i haven't fucking played that yet oh you oh god you gotta play that <laughs> shit um i i was yeah i i i posted on blue sky the other day that maybe that is the best game ever made and i'm i think it's yeah that might be it might be it for me it might be the one um but there is a the end credits track in that game is so gorgeous and like i yeah i don't want to like get into spoilers or anything but it's just i think that um the centric generally in that game is really good and i think it gives that um oh sorry i'm gonna get emotional one of the things i think is super cool about pentiment is it's this really weird mixture of like old and new media right because obviously it's digital Right. And um, I assume it was, you know, it's not hand drawn in the sense that it's not drawn on paper. Right. It's drawn digitally, Um, but it mimics ink. It mimics pens. It has this um, there's a sense of tactility to it. You know, the 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 text on the the dialogue box is like written across the screen or pressed like a printing press. Right. There's this physicality to it. And I think and it's also like it's this new thing that's on a computer or on a game console. But it's also something that is about old about history about things that are dead and about long gone and much of the game is kind of concerned with like how ancient things or old things are interpreted and understood and shaped right um and so the way that like that gets voiced in the music because you know it's a traditional it's like a group uh, alchemy i think that play like you know medieval and renaissance music on original instruments and stuff and so the way that gets voiced through the music and the sound design, that there's the sound of quills and there's the sound of like cows braying. There's sound, but then the depiction of it is like this digital thing. This like the way that that sort of bridges worlds, right? And like is this kind of like continuous past that is at once set but always shifting, right? I think it's just so moving. But the way anyway, the game is like astoundingly well considered as like a complete object right and so i think the music like i don't i wouldn't necessarily say it takes it from like good to great or great to unforgettable i think like it um it's hard for me to think about it that way but it's such a perfect piece of the thing that gives it such a like powerful um like that voices it it gives it sound right and in a way that like it would be missing something key to it i think if it was gone um 
anyway, thanks for letting me rant about that. But God, that game yeah. is incredible. Um, so I think that's the that's the it. pick. And I think the yeah, the end credits track is like. Ah. Yeah, uh, my answer is pretty basic. Um, I would probably say uh, Gone Home. Um, yeah, just having having the actual like music from that time period in the game um as someone who was not around like as a conscious human being um, <laughs> in that time period it is it was like introduced me to this era of uh this social movement that i from then like you know took it upon myself to learn more about um yeah and yeah, the fact that all that stuff is in the game, um, it just makes it more memorable for me. I don't think I would, I, I mean, it's, it's weird to say because, you know, everybody fucking knows gone home, but like the music in that game, like, is it for me? Yeah. And the use of licensed stuff from those bands. Uh, yeah, it, it stuck with me, uh, in a real way, so yeah no i think that's actually a really good example because it feels like on one hand you could it could not be in the game and everything in the game functions right like the plot still everything works but it would not be the same like in a real so i think that's a very good uh answer to the question um yeah yeah i'm glad we both got there i'm proud of us because uh, i was like fuck yeah. i can't believe the first thing that came into my head was red dead redemption i'm fucking boned. <laughs> but we get it we did it pentiment forever this is this is the answering questions on a podcast is the thing yes yeah 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 totally i'm just you know i'm just saying i'm i'm feeling good i'm feeling i'm feeling great right now <laughs> um, all right we have one from we have one from moss um as mm-hmm. well uh, after replaying Alan Wake for the podcast, I have been thinking about how not scary it is. Yeah, <laughs> I know some of it is affected by uh, overexposure, uh, but even playing uh, the first time, I didn't really find this game that scary. I would even argue that Remedy's early games like Max Payne 1 and 2 were more scary in terms of their atmosphere, uh, tensions building up from the escalation of gameplay and sudden subversion of characters' expectations. Or players' expectations, I should say. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Alan Wake feels like a completely different game compared to those. Uh, so my question is, what do you think works and doesn't work with what Alan Wake is trying to accomplish as a horror game? Uh, and is it a horror game or is it really a horror-themed uh, thriller? I think it is kind of a horror-themed thriller. Um, I, I mean, we talked about, we talked about. I think, the, the, the stuff that is explicitly horror tinge that really kicks for me. I also like the stuff in the DLC where, like, you got the televisions of, like, different parts of Alan yeah. Wake's face and stuff. Yeah. Um, good. Yeah. Um, again, I think, yeah, we were talking about, like, the weirdness of body stuff. I think that is, like, the most effective usage of that in this, um, in this game. Um... I, I do kind of think like, I guess I didn't go. I was never scared, but sometimes there were moments where I was like, oh, shit, that's a lot of guys or like something like that. Right. I think there are gameplay stuff that kind of pulls at tension or like makes or like escalates things. Um, but yeah, nothing's just really frightening. I guess sometimes it's yeah. tense. Um, yeah. I mean, the, but, the, the thing that comes to mind is all the like jump, like the insert cuts of like the yeah. lady 
or like you know Alice drowning in the lake and stuff. Right. Like that. Yeah. Um, but that's used pretty sparingly, and when and when they do it towards the end of the game, they use it so much that I'm just like, all right. Guys. Yeah. <laughs> One, it's the same shot every time, and yeah, um, and it's not a particularly scary shot of like her in the lake and stuff, you know. Um, yeah. I think I think the. The, the only time it's really scary was is the first time in the cabin when you're just looking around. Oh, um, yeah. That's the, only, that's the only time I found it effective. But other than that, yeah, uh, didn't do much for me. Oh, you know what? Okay, you know what I did find really unnerving? Um, and I think this is one of the cool, like the the scene with, where you find out Thomas Zane like cut out the heart of his wife's like body that was inhabited by the Dark Presence. And you like hear that whole scene. Um, I think that is genuinely unsettling. And then you get like the shot where it like pulls back through the hole in her body. Right. Um, that's cool. What was this? I don't remember. It's that. like right at the end of the game. Cause it's, cause you remember he puts the, cause he gets the clicker from the log lady from the lantern. The oh, light lady, right, And he like puts right, the right. clicker inside that hole and then like lights it. And that's what like, you know, fills her with light oh, and then he can God. Kingdom Hearts is light and he yeah. can uh, finish the story. Yeah. Um, again, I think there is a way that this game kind of plays its most interesting cards like right at the end. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also wish. OK, sorry. We're just getting back on criticism of this game now, but I think there's like an interesting thing where it's like the, you know, the poet and the muse as the song goes. Right. Um, that he claims that like Alice is the source or the well of his like inspiration, but we don't really see yeah. that as a dynamic. And I think that mm. would play into the like themes about like, you know, author and character, like who writes and who is written stuff like that. Right. And there being like an interplay or a tension between them because of that stuff could be really interesting, mm-hmm. could be really cool. And I wish there was more there because there's plenty of examples of like male writers who like have, fairly and unfairly used the works of their wives as like material for their own work or like borrowed from them or things like that right um Mm -hmm. and that's just like a rich interesting thing to explore and could be you know if she was more of a person and that felt more developed that could be a cool element of this but yeah for sure um yeah do you have anything else to say about it as like a horror work i feel like the inner cuts is a good touch yeah i yeah not really i i mean like i mentioned before there's there's a lot of parts of the game that just feels like they just threw in some references i'm thinking of the the you know here's johnny oh yeah shot and stuff like that and i'm just like cool i guess you guys did that (laughs) yeah (laughs) um Um, but yeah nothing nothing really one thing about the gameplay that i kind of liked in concept was having to tap the X button to reload. Oh yeah. Um, mm-hmm. it, it like impacts how fast you reload. I thought that was a cool idea, but they don't really do much with that. Yeah. It doesn't matter um, so much. Um, I think it is interesting though, that like every gun you get are like single bullet loads, you know? Yeah. Which I guess is just to facilitate that idea, but um Yeah. It's, it's very, it is good that you like never, you never get a machine gun. That would suck, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you do, and you do get like semi-auto stuff, and 
in uh, in, uh American Nightmare, American yeah. Nightmare. yeah. Which just have a bit of a different eye tone with this stuff. Although, yeah, I'm curious about how yeah. that will hit on replay just because I feel like I was my primary feeling about it now is literally just like, oh, it was cool. It's cool that it anticipated stuff in the return. And I don't really yeah. have any other feelings about it besides that, which I don't think is like a very complimentary thing to end up with, actually. <laughs> you know, so yeah. we'll see. Yeah. Um, anything else? I think that's it. Okay. Well, thank you so much for listening. Thanks everybody who wrote in. Um, I think this was a good episode and I appreciate you yeah. talking with me and disagreeing with me and I had a great time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's it. We'll catch you next time you with Fatal plugs? Frame 3. Oh, plugs? of course I want to do plugs. plugs. I'm sorry. <laughs> I need to turn on the light. It's dark in here. <laughs> you gotta turn on the light. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, we're on, we're on Twitter at Podcast Safe Room. We're, our account isn't on the other websites. I think we're on the, we're on the other websites, but we are. Fucking, yeah. Who fucking, who fucking I like knows? don't I don't remember what my URL I don't give is a on fuck everything anymore. I don't <laughs> care anymore. I just go where the posts are. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'm on Twitter. Sometimes I'm on Blue Sky. I don't care. I simply don't care. Um, yeah. God, I feel like I, um, I think it's very funny that like there was a lot of posting on Blue Sky like two or three weeks ago. It was like, wow, this is so much shorter than Twitter, and it's cool that like we're in this space that is like designed exactly the same way, but we're not making the same mistakes. And then like the last three weeks happened. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that is sorry, it's, I'm not going to explain that same, more. It's the same billionaire. It's they're gonna do the same shit. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, you can find all the info on the podcast. Uh, at spookycame.club, mm-hmm. uh, you can find links to our RSS feeds, all of our episodes, our Discord, uh, and our Patreon. What, like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, uh, we have two um, two paid shows. Uh, one is uh, what is the name of the movie podcast? Found footage. <laughs> Found footage. It was going to be frame narrative, and then I keep thinking it's frame narrative, <laughs> and it's not that. Yeah, well, I guess that is more general because now we're like covering stuff that's not movies. Because we're not covering uh, because of the uh, strike, we are not covering movies. Uh, we are shifting to other media. So, um, mm-hmm. but that's. Where you can find that podcast, and there's also ship hosting, where we just uh, bullshit for an hour into microphones. Um, you get both of those for three dollars on the Patreon account, so plenty of content for uh, the asking price. Or if you just want to support us as well, that is uh, the best way to do so. Yeah, um, I, I am on Twitter at bluestros four three zero. Pretty much that username everywhere. <laughs> And uh, what about you, Grace? Yeah, I'm on Twitter at Grace underscore machine and some variant of that on Blue Sky and co-host and, you know, Grace machine will get you set you right. Um, most places. Um, and oh. also, I guess uh, I'm trying to think if I have, I don't know, I have a website, graceinthemachine.com. Um, 
and that's where you can find things that I'm up to. And I have a newsletter you can find there and a bunch of other things. So, you know, give us money if you yeah. like. And mm-hmm. uh, thank you very much for listening and tuning in. We really appreciate it. Um, yeah. Fatal Frame. Fatal Frame. I'm so psyched. I'm, I'm so psyched. back. <laughs> <laughs> Standing on a broken field White crippled wings beating the sky The harbingers of war with the nature revealed And our chances flowing by If I can let the memory heal I will remember you with me on that And we're caught up in the arms race And in fun-